Hi, everybody. Thanks uh, for your patience with new episodes. Portia and I had a major loss in our family, and it has taken us a little while to get back to Poirot. I hope you enjoy this unreleased episode that we actually recorded a couple of months ago, but never released. Um, and we are going to be recording new episodes starting very soon. I hope you uh, enjoy. Thanks for all your support and all the new listens. You're listening to Proropod. Welcome as we, Portia the lifelong fan and Amanda the first time reader, discover the books of Agatha Christie. We are sisters who live on opposite ends of the U.S. doing a quarantine project and who love to be soothed by British murder mysteries. In this shithole of a moment in history, it's nice to have Poirot or Miss Marple solve it all. Welcome to Paropod. Paropod. Today we are talking about Murder in the Muse. Which is actually four different stories. It's a collection of short stories, but not so many as some of the ones we've done before. It's just four stories. Yeah, so they're kind of like longer than the short stories, but not as long as a novel. Right, right. They were all a little bit of like a bigger story than some of the ones we've done and this was published in 1937 and apparently it was uh, initially published under a different title The Incredible Theft in the States with only three of the stories no 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 it was under a different title Dead Man's Mirror uh, Dead, Dead Man's Mirror missing the story of The Incredible Theft but then in 1987 it was released in the States with all four. So that's what the one we have access to now. But it's called Murder in the Muse, the original British title. Which is what I read because it must have been long enough after uh, 87. I must have read it because I, I read all four together back in Portia, the Portia, Portia, Portia. I have been meaning... To give a shout out to our readers or to give the recommendation to our, not readers, listeners. Well, listeners who are readers, reader listeners. For those of you who are um, listener, listener readers, meaning those of you who like an audio book, I wanted to recommend a site. And we're not sponsored, although we were happily accept sponsorship from the site. Um, uh, this book was not available there, but many of them are. And it's the, the website is bookaudio.online. It sounds super scammy, but so far it hasn't, I haven't been scammed. And it's just a collection, bookaudio.online. And they have tons of what seems to be uploaded audio books, like uh, in my tape or CD form. Because it often will be like, end of disc one. <laughs> but it's free. Nice. And I can get a lot. Because like, either, I either have to find these in the library. And there's very few that are available in my local library. Although I guess I'm online. I could try to go to other libraries. Or on Audible, which costs monies. So when I'm listening to right. them. So just wanted to recommend bookaudio.online for your audio listening. It's not just for Agatha Christie's. But they have a ton of them. Not this one, but a lot of the ones I've been able to listen to on there for free book audio don't mind thanks for sponsoring the podcast in the future retrospectively for the shout out also they don't seem to have ads or 
I don't know how their I don't know what their revenue service are they they just doing this to be like let's just have books online I don't know anything about them I just was googling and came across it so that's my recommendation well okay good to know back to this book which is not available there but so the first story forward. is murder in the muse what and is the muse, muse that is a good question I mean, um, it says that it's uh, it seems to be like a neighborhood garden, gar- Bardsley Garden Muse. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, is think, it a neighborhood? It must I be think a it's neighborhood. A neighborhood in in London where we should just cut that because we don't know things. But <laughs> there's a murder there. <laughs> so when you're reading it, um, Jap and Prower are hanging out, just being cool, hanging out. And on Guy Fox night. night. And Jab says, hey, so, there could be a murder tonight and no one would know because of all the fireworks. Um, and then turns out there was a murder, but it was a little foreshadowing there. So Porsche is going to explain to us about Guy Fox night. So um, they also reference it in, uh, gosh, oh, Chris is so mad at me. What is the Vendetta? movie with Natalie Portman? V for Vendetta. Yes. Um, yes. They reference uh, it in that. <laughs> our partners are very similar. So <laughs> Bianca also watches V for Vendetta. And loves it because Chris just loves it. Anyway. She loves it. Um, yes. And I was like. She has a Guy Fox mask. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, but yeah. So, so Guy Fox but movie. I didn't know. So I knew when I was actually reading this one, I was like, wait, Guy Fox. I know that because of V for Vendetta and then it's association with anonymous and protest, but I didn't know the history before that. So give us the original history. On so that. back in just, I did not know this off the top of my head, but I'm cheating. 1605. Um, Guy Fox was arrested, um, because he was guarding explosives that people had put underneath the House of Lords, otherwise known as Parliament. Um, And so uh, whether people are celebrating the fact that the king didn't get blown up, or are they celebrating the guy who was going to blow up Parliament? Um, now, did he have a goatee and mustache situation? The original Guy Fox, did he look like that? They have real rosy I mean, cheeks. Where does the mask come in? Uh, that, that I don't understand. understand. Okay. Yeah, that but we do know it, and it's interesting. So when I was like, um, so for the listeners, Portia had a delay because she's out of town tonight, so things were a little bit shifted. So I had time to spiral into the internet, which is always dangerous. So I'm looking up this, looking at some of the history, and then some of the things online suggested that this sort of like celebration that has continued in England over time may also just be one of those like Christian appropriation of a pre-Christian fall we have to do a thing to celebrate the season. Um, that was that was that was suggested. Interesting. Okay. And, but it also seemed to have a Catholic versus Protestant. Right. Well, this was thing. back in sixteen. This is like an, an anti-Catholic thing. Well, or an anti-Protestant because King James, as in, I don't know, is Protestant, 
but he came right after or right before. This was back when they were killing each other over this in England. There was a while there, you know, Elizabeth versus mm-hmm. um, Mary, Queen of Scots versus. Anyway, so there was a lot Celebrating of back the fact and forth. That- King James I had survived the attempts on his life. People lit bonfires around London. Yeah. Interesting. And now there's an annual public day. It's like the 4th of July and people light off fireworks. It's kind of like the British version of an excuse to light off fireworks. Although I gotta say, picking November 5th as your day to go outside and light off fireworks? Come on, England. Pick a day with better weather. But But, But we have, you know... And, that, and and so we've got Halloween at the same time, and that that's what this the one thing I spiraled into was saying how, um, you know, it maybe it's just a people from maybe maybe all people or maybe people from a certain European background need to have a festival around mm-hmm. that that day, and if you're you know your society will adopt one even if it's really like a pre-Christian yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Anyway. I had, too, I had too long to spend on the internet. Yeah, blame you. Yeah, it's my fault. The point is, is that for hundreds of years, British people light fireworks on November 5th. It's, you know. Right. And then, like you said, this, the mask became really common, really popular after the graphic novel and then the film V for Vendetta. And then when Anonymous started using it to protect their identities, then it sort of became a, like, as a probable tribute to V for Vendetta, then it became, like, a protest sign. Like, I remember when, I won't say his name, the president before Biden was elected, um, and we all went down to protest, like, outside the, what was going to be his new hotel. Um, Like, you know, my partner B wore hers. Because it was like a, we all right. have these jobs and I can't be seen out here, but I could be in a, I could be in a, in a Guy Fox mask. So right, right, right. Fascinating history that has nothing to do with the murder. Right, but anyway, the point is we had fireworks. <laughs> the point is fireworks. So there was Bobby a shooting. Ate a sandwich. And... There's a dead body the next day, and wow. then. Um, Jap calls Praro and is like, remember when we said someone might get shot in all these fireworks and we wouldn't know? There's been a suicide. And then Praro was like, well, why are you being called in for just a routine suicide? He's like, well, the, you know, medical examiner already has questions. So you come too. So this is sad. Young lady. Um, And she is a young widow. A young widow who had also buried a child. So yes, and she had a roommate, and it sounded like they had a room uh, apartment with three rooms. So they had a sitting room, bedroom, bedroom, and then a big bedroom. Mm-hmm. This is important later. And the big bedroom it sounds nice. There's two stories in their flat, and so the big bedroom could also. It was like they, one of them got one sitting room and a small bedroom and the other one got the big bedroom so it could be both her sitting room and bedroom. Right. And they were both about the same age, young ladies. Um, it sounded like different personalities. 
the young lady who died sounded like she was more innocent and sweeter. And the one who found her was smarter and uh, more sarcastic and a little bit describing her. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, so she was like, she called the cops and said, my roommate's uh, uh, room is locked. Come and help me break it down. And they broke it in there. Right. Um, and she was, and then, she had, she <coughs> was like, it was like a gun in her hand and it looked like a suicide scene. But very quickly, they found inconsistencies. Like the way like, she was holding the gun, she couldn't have shot herself kind of thing. Right. The gun was in her right head and left side of her head so right yeah. that would make no sense and then um Paro was kept sniffing the air and they were noticing all these cigarette um butts um there was a bunch of them two right of two kinds, different like kinds two different... yeah and there was no note and there was no blotter paper um where she had writing now, do you understand enough about old-timey writing to understand the whole blotting paper thing? Like, did you write and then you laid a whole piece of paper over it so that you got a mirror image of your whole letter? Right. So you know how sometimes did you know we how blot as you went along? Yeah. So you would write and then put the blotting paper down. And then, then do the next page and put the blotting paper down. And when the blotting paper got too okay. covered up, then you got a new blotting paper. And yeah, so you didn't blot as you went along. You did it like at the end of the page. When as, when did modern pens get invented? Because we're into 1937 now and they're still using blotting paper. I don't know. I mean, there have been times when I should have used blotting paper because I've definitely written something and then smeared it. But I have... I don't, I can, when I have to write something with a pen, I'm like a three-year-old now. Like I type so much or use a phone or something that like when I have to actually use a pen in my fingers (laughs) to write something like my name, I'm like, what is this? (laughs) So I don't have the experience. I can't, I can't think of being like, oh, I wish I had blotting paper. I'm like, I wish I had third grade teach me how to make letters. (laughs) You know, if I have to do a form and they're like, write your name and then sign it. Like, you have to write your name on the line and then sign at the bottom. And when I write my name, I'm like, how do you make an A? (laughs) See, I wrote, I've been writing hall passes for all these years. So I write my name a lot. Wait, are hall passes still a thing? Hall passes are definitely still a thing. Actually, ironically, is that we had got. To like basically a plastic lanyard that just had the number of the room. That's what I was sort of assuming. The last, yeah. last couple of years, and then you just brought them back and put them on the hook. But last year, oh, well, like we the, went back the bathroom and... at the gas station. Right. But <laughs> last year, because of contract thing, once we got back into in person, we went back to the old hall passes, and not only did I have to sign the hall pass but I also had to write down on a separate piece of paper who was going to the bathroom and when and when they left and when they came back it was such a pain in the butt and 
probably going to have to do that again because of contact tracing. So annoying. Right. Right. I mean, because if you're in the middle of teaching and someone is just like, you know, a 17 year old who's like, hey, bathroom, I'm like, grab it, go. I'm in the middle of the thing. But if I have to go time out, I have to sign several pieces of paper and write down exactly (laughs) what time they left and exactly what time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (sighs) Yeah. Well, like, that's funny because, like, there's so many things in COVID that are, like, turning back the clock and we have to go back to old-timey times. Right. And that's another one. Yeah. Yep. So, town hall passes. But wait, a lady died. We have to go back to that. Well, a fictional lady, but still. But still. So, anyway, uh, so there's some questions about, like, it wasn't a suicide I can't remember when this was revealed, but like, yeah, so we had the two different kinds of cigarettes. Mm. We were looking at the blotting Right, paper. there were two different cigarettes, so it looked like she'd oh. been entertaining there. And then they found a fragment of a... Cufflink. Yeah, a cufflink jewel or something, which I don't know if they knew at the time, yeah. but they figured out was the jewel to a cufflink. So yeah. the other deal with her, the woman who died, was that she was engaged to a young MP member of parliament and mp is a what member of parliament member of parliament so so he was like i'm mr fancy pants i'm a member of parliament and even when praro and jap well jap what the point goes to visit him and like ask him like where you were when your fiance died he was like i thought i was above that i'm so fancy right. like, he's super pretentious but he was engaged to the woman who had killed herself and so um, uh, and apparently they so, got along really well. Um, yeah, that was that was going the, fine. The roommate didn't like him, but she her her roommate. Right. I mean, he was clearly a douche, but like not toxic, He's, just self-important. Right. So they right. So then then, the other thing that comes uh, out. Oh, the, go ahead. Go ahead. The roommate, where we're going to talk about roommate weirdness. Yeah. And the closet. roommate weirdness. The closet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they were talking to her and she answered all these questions, but there was, Praro was doing his like, oh, she's keeping something back. Um, <laughs> and then they're searching the house in the front sitting room and she gets tense while right. they're searching the closet and everybody sees it. And then she's like super tense and there's like random stuff in there, umbrellas and golf clubs and a <coughs> attache case. And she's all super tense while he's looking through the attache case. And she's like, and I just brought that back with me. I was out of town and the attache case, it's mine. <coughs> I just brought it back. And they look at it and it has a bunch of like outdated magazines in it. Like it wouldn't make sense that she just brought that back from being out of town last week or, you know, she just got back, but, but you traveled with a bunch of out of date magazines. Like, (laughs) no, you didn't. So there's definitely something weird going on there. Right. So then they discover, um, not through the roommate, um, but through the clean lady. I, or a neighbor, now I can't remember, um, that there's this other dude, Major Eustace. Yes, so they, so yeah, they find out, 
that that this man, Major Eustace, had visited several times, including the day that she died. So this is where I want to say that the phrase of this book, not just the story, but this book is the phrase, Harry at the heel. Huh? Yeah. So Jane, the roommate, describes Major Use as, when they do ask her about him, Harry at the heel. What does that mean? Right. Poirot doesn't know what it means either. And then he says, do you mean that he was not Puka Sahib? Which, of course, clears things up completely for us. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? Right, I think I had that moment. It was like, well, I still don't know anything. (laughs) And then they use it again. In the next story. Is it the next story or the story after that? That they use the Harry at the heel again. So I looked it up. Thank you for doing that. I think sometimes I miss the phrasing when I'm doing the audiobooks and I'm just like, well, I don't know what's happening, but hopefully I'll get it from context later. So untrustworthy is the short definition of Harry at the heel was when I did the the search. But why? What is the, is it etymology that's etiology for words? I think so. So what is the etymology of Harry at the heel? Because he, she uses it in this story and I can't remember if it's the next one or the one after that. What does Harry at the heel mean? I have to ask the internet. I'm so interested in this. And I want to know like, you know, is it Achilles? Why does it mean? Right. Is it that they have hairy legs <laughs> and all the way down to your heel? Okay. I'm a fan of Agatha Christie, and I've, I've, I've seen her use the phrase Harry at the Heel several times. It sounds so terribly English, yet I'm unsure of what it means as derivation or any reflections are welcome. Yes, yada, 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 Christie. So apparently she's a big user of this. Oh, ooh, horse racing. The reference to horse racing is spot on because the term came out of bloodstock breeding. It used to be said it was a sign of poor breeding if a horse had too much hair on its fetlocks. What's a fetlocks? Look at that, that up later. It didn't take <laughs> much to shift this saying figuratively to humans. So it was a sign of poor breeding and horses then transfer that to people then meaning untrustworthy it wow of course it applied only to thoroughbred racehorses and to humans who aspired to belong to society society's equivalent working horses such as shires have very hairy feet then they're common as muck fascinating so it's someone who's trying to put on airs but does not have the like man she's got a lot of classes and weaved in Wow. See, okay. I, I was trying it's to figure horse. out if there was Thanks, something... Thanks, Internet! <laughs> Sorry, I got excited. <laughs> I was just trying to figure out if there was something racist. I was sure there was going to be something racist in there. I mean, there usually is, but this time it seems to come just from animal abuse. Fair. And also <laughs> saying that people are bred like animals, and that's how that works. And 
yeah but uh, that's what i say it's it's just it's just classism and yeah the 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 race like not race but the um purebred like yeah the the way like thinking about people in terms of like breeding and animal abuse that's all yeah we did it (laughs) we did it okay good luck editing that together I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even catch that. So, okay. So, this major major what's his name? Eustace. Mr. Harry Hill. Yes. Major Eustace, Eustace. is Harry at the Hill. And so we're talking about why uh she made he made um the woman who died uncomfortable. She had withdrawn 200 pounds twice recently and they couldn't find the money. Right. And so... And the most they... recent time was the the day that she died and that was his last visit to her. And there was... He was seen to be leaving her apartment and there was a conversation where he was like outside the door saying, well, think about it. and Get back to me. And the people who witnessed it couldn't see her. So there was this conjecture that she was already dead and he was like well, wait, faking a conversation we... at the door. Yeah. But Too before soon? we get to that, Too before soon, we get to that, no, we just, we um, started talking about what was their relationship because he said he was an old friend of hers. Right. I did air quotes, but it's a podcast. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, he said he was an old friend but he made her nervous and she had money disappearing. And so Poirot was like, well, what if he was blackmailing her? And the roommate was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but By the way, Poirot I've realized like, in thinking about the way we speak is instead of saying, I did air quotes, but you can't see those. We can say he described him as himself as a quote, old friend. Ah, if we could remember what we did before the gesture <laughs> as quote an old friend yeah there, see, we did to... it every podcast does that though every podcast is like i'm doing air quotes or you did a quote and we're not the only ones that do that but still we could be like describe himself as a quote quote old, old friend, friend. <laughs> there's a there's a way to say that with words <laughs> without saying air quotes because air quotes isn't actually a thing. Yeah. I mean, it is a thing, but it's a visual thing, and there's not right. vision in a podcast. Okay. So right. he's a he's a person who calls himself an old friend, but really he's probably blackmailing blackmailing her. Right. So anyway, um, so they go and talk to him, and he he's is a like. Jerk. He's a hairy at the heel jerk. Yeah, and he and so he said an old friend um, and they're like, are you blackmailing her? And he's like, absolutely not. Why would you say that? Right. But And then they were like, well, she might have been dead. And then they start they bring up the thing of the witnesses saying, just because you talked to the door, no one heard her response. Maybe she was already dead when you left. And they also figured smoked because one of the things they did is they determined what kind of cigarettes every single person smoked because apparently every single person smoked. 
And he's the one who smoked the kind of cigarettes that were found in her room that weren't the ones that she smokes. Because apparently... Yeah, Yeah, just like Turkish or whichever, but like, yeah, whichever ones he smoked were in the room where she was dead. Right. But then there was a real moment where... Go ahead. And it was part of his cufflink that was in the room. Part of his cufflink. But then there was a moment where he looked truly surprised because they were like, well, you went up to her room. And he was like, no, we were only in the sitting room downstairs because her roommate was out of town. And he actually looked like surprised by that. Yeah. So they were like, yes, you were. And he was like, no, I wasn't. But, and then they were like, nobody actually, he said, I saw, I was, she, I left and she was alive. And they were like, no one actually saw her when you said goodbye. And he's like, what, what, what? And then they arrested him. And then it turned out that he had a bunch of other crime, the uh, blackmailing. So they arrested him. Um, Super hairy at the heel. But meanwhile, her roommate goes out playing golf. Um, and, which, and they follow uh, her because with the whole thing with the attache case and the stairs are like, something's up with her. And Prabro keeps having the inner monologue of she was holding back. She could say more, but she's not. And they also were totally playing golf right after her friend died. Um, Which, you know, I think that that's self-care. I don't play golf, but, like, I could. And if I had, like, just had been through a trauma, I might want to go out and, like, both be in, like, nature and hit something. That sounds right. Like, that seems like a really good way to process emotions. And, like, I just, I, I might do it now. In fact, right now, I might, like, tomorrow go pick up golf to, like, process my trauma. That sounds good. (laughs) <laughs> when they were judgy of that I was like I don't think that's judgy like was she supposed to just sit at home I think that like golf has all the ingredients of things you're supposed to do when you're stressed it's got physical activity it's got nature it's you know fresh air we um so they are telling uh she comes back from the golf and one of the things that she did apparently along the golf was take that attache case and throw it in the lake in the middle of the golf course. Yes. And then they fish, the police fish out the attache case and it still has the old magazines. And Jap is like, what the hell? Why? Right. Like, and then this is the moment where Praro calls everyone in and has his moment of reveal. Well, actually, it's just he calls in the roommate and Jap to Praro's apartment. Yeah. Yeah, As and reveal, and then, and he's like, "Yeah, this was a murder, but it was the deliberate destruction of one human being by another human being. That's awful." And he's like, "Yeah, it is awful because she didn't wasn't murdered; she killed herself, and you're the one doing the awful thing." Dun dun dun. Right. So. So it turned the out, yeah yeah the the reveal is that the roommate came home she had been out of town she comes in finds that her roommate has shot herself with her left hand because she's left-handed she left a note for her roommate saying this guy was blackmailing her because when she was young she went to india she had an affair with a married man got pregnant came back pretending to be a widow and had a child um and then later the child died 
But this man knew her in India and knew that whole sort of tale. So that now that she's um, betrothed to Mr. Uppity Pants, he knows that like she will keep paying to keep looking respectable. So he's been blackmailing her. And then she's like, wait, if we get married, he's just going to turn up the volume on this and have more requests and like put maybe my fiance at risk for his reputation and everything. So she paid the man. And then after thinking about everything, she killed herself because she just couldn't face like that her secret shame could impact her fiance. So the roommate was like, that's fucked up. And basically the roommate is like, you killed her because by blackmailing her, you forced her to kill herself. So she fakes the crime scene to look like a murder instead of a suicide. So like she takes the gun and puts it in the right hand and cleans all the fingerprints off. She gets rid of the blotting paper that had the suicide note. She puts everything to be right-handed instead of left-handed. And that's why she went to the golf course because the woman who killed herself was left-handed and had left-handed golf clubs. And that's why she got nervous at the closet, but then she realized they could see she got nervous at the closet. And so she pretended it was about the attache case, which was nothing. Right. So she, when she went to the golf course, she really here and there, like broke the left-handed golf (coughs) clubs and threw them into the bushes um, but she pretended to throw, I mean, she did throw the attache case, which meant nothing, just to throw them off. Yeah. And also, the reason why there was something about the pens, Jap was like, you're paying attention to the pens, and Pearl was like, yeah, because the pens were on the left side, not the right. She wore her watch on her right wrist, which meant she was left-handed. <coughs> And that was the clue that she had shot herself on the left side. And the roommate had these cigarette stubs that had been in the sitting room and brought right, it up to Right, because Mr. Mister Harry at the Heel had been at the house and had been downstairs, but he hadn't come upstairs. So she planted the ashtray with all the cigarettes upstairs where the dead body was as well as his cufflink and there was this whole thing with Prowo saying I don't smell cigarette smoke and it was but like the- being a being a dramatic and annoying Jap about it but it was because if they had been smoking all these cigarettes up here in this room we would have and the windows were closed closed and the door was locked it would smell like smoke in here but it didn't smell like smoking right and so when she got home, she had closed all the windows and locked the door so that it, to really empty her Right. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, the lack of So basically, yeah. Smoke. So the roommate was trying to set up the blackmailer to be hung for her murder. Um, but Praro was like, I do not approve of murder, even if it seems justified. And that is the end of that one, right? Right. So what do we think of this? Um, I mean, I think it's a, it's, it's a cool premise. I don't, it's not common to look at like someone like who takes a suicide and make, makes it look like a murder. A Jap even says that to us. He's like, oh, so instead of murder disguised as suicide, it's suicide disguised as murder. And like, you know, I haven't seen that plot device frequently used and the method 
was it was clever. And the whole left-handed right-handed thing was clever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to decide because it's not my favorite one. And it's not like not my favorite because of the sadness, although it is kind of a sad one. I never thought about it before. And actually thinking about the scandal, the quote scandal. Um because she got pregnant when she Oh, was you seven. did it. You just employed Thank it. You, you did nice. the air quotes thing and then you thought about it and then you said the quote scandal. See, it works. Yes, I learned. See? <laughs> um is uh she was 17 when she got pregnant by a married man that's um abuse. what we would now call she, that's rape. abuse yeah yeah she was a child and she was a child and so like this is not a scandal this was a child being sexually abused um right i mean because she was only 27 and she'd already Stuff happened to her right so, she'd already like, lost a child and been through all this stuff and then like she'd finally like snagged her a cat who she actually loved and right. have to kill herself and, to avoid bringing shame on him and all the things yeah so like that, that no you're part... right it is it is really sad and, and you see why the roommate was just like that is so fucked up oh yeah like yeah fuck that guy yeah yeah so, um, but it's interesting because it's not my favorite and I, you know, but it's smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess in some ways, like you want Praro to murder on the Orient Express it. You want him to be like, like, I think maybe we'd like it more if he was like, I see what you did, what you did. Not that he would be like, cool, let's frame the guy. Right. But I see what you did, what you did you will be charged with fucking with the crime scene and get your like six months probation or whatever. But like, we'll make sure that he goes down for blackmailing and all these other crimes that we found out he did. And like, you want a little bit of like a vengeance moment. And like, you want the roommate to be like, yeah, like, but basically Prara was like, I do not approve of murder no matter what it is, even if it seems justified and, and basically shames her. Right. I mean, they did say that they figured out that he had done other crimes, so he was right. So yeah, I wish the mood of it had been more, you know, avengy, like you said. Like maybe if Pro had been like, "Don't worry, he's going to go to jail for a long time, and you're going to serve your three months for fucking with a crime scene." Yeah. Did they even say that they she was going to be? I think she was, because because does not approve of murder, and and he considered trying to set the man up for. A murder he didn't do to be murder, but yeah, I think I think I, I can see why you are because it's not that satisfying. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm trying to figure out why it's not that satisfying, but it's not. And it's like because like if Praro hadn't been involved, she would have got away with it if it weren't for you kids. Because like <laughs> she was really and 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 Praro even said that like she was really subtle about the way she did everything. She didn't overplay it. She gently suggested the thing when she was trying like she really did a good job of it and it was like you said really it was really sad i mean it's just anyway so but moving on i have a question do you think we can record the rest of this next week because it's 107 and i'm losing it um i don't think i have the brainwaves to finish it 
Well, I'm glad we got started. We'll talk to you next time on Promo Pod. Promo Pod. Thank you.